0: everybody bow your heads Uh, heavenly father thank you for bringing us here today and i thank you for allowing us to gather together and worship you and have a fun time playing games as you will be with the guest speaker tonight and that um you will help him to convey the message and that it will change us and that you will help us to repent of our sins and ask for all these things in holy son's name amen Right, you got this. Right. I just want to take take it in for just a second. I'm really nervous. As uh, you know, I was talking to Dan about talking. You know, what it, what can I expect? But and um, he says, well, the main thing you can expect is that they're really, really mean. And uh, I was like, well, that's not what I wanted to hear. And I was like, Dan, Dan how do you do it? And he's like, speaking to these kids. <coughs> These kids being this mean, he says, it's the, it's the simplest way that he found to partake in the sufferings of Christ. And so I said, man, I want some of that action. So here I am. Um, now, actually, um, the thing is, um, I, I had a thought a while back. And, you know, sometimes you think about things and then you ju- it's just a thought. But I wanted to take it further than it just being a thought. And I actually wanted to do something about it, which is not like me. I don't like to talk in front of people. I get nervous and it's, you know really who does in a lot of ways, but it, it's important, and it's important because uh, I wanted to share something with you that really has, um, it's, it's, it's transformed my, wa- my life in lots and lots of ways, and it's made me uh, so much closer to God, and it has made me, I think, um, um, more effective for Him. Um, and the thought that came is this, all these things that I'm going to be kind of sharing with you I kind of discovered it, like, really late in my life, um, and, and I thought, man, God, how cool would it have been if I would have kind of got in touch with some of this stuff when I was, like, younger, like, how much more, God, could you have done, you know, and it's not like I was looking at this, like, having these regrets and all this sort of stuff, but I was thinking, man, it would just would have been cool, and I thought, well, you know, I, I go to this church with all these, you know, kids, these young adults, and I was like, how awesome would it be if I could kind of maybe introduce them to this to some To some of these thoughts, some of these notions, and so that 's what brought me here. Um, I know that this isn 't for everybody. Uh, Christian apologetics is not for everybody. I was telling Michelle you know uh, before I started my i 'm keeping my expectations low, and my goal is if I, if I can if this resonates with one person in this room, I will feel that i 've been a success um, because I know what it has done for me, and hopefully it can do for maybe at least um, one of you so with that said. I do want to give you a little bit of background about myself because I think if you see that um, I'm not really that much different than you are, then maybe we can relate a little bit more. I know you look up here and you see there's this pudgy 50-year-old guy standing in front of you, which is all true things. Um, but I was one day sitting in these same chairs like you were. Um, I went to a youth group. Uh, my my parents, you know, we, we went to church. But um, all that kind of like fell apart in our lives so when um, when I was 11 years old, um, my father uh, left, and my parents ended up getting divorced. Um, my mom, she never graduated from high school. She got married when she was really, really young. She was 16 years old when, she got, when they got married. She never graduated from high school, and all of a sudden, she found herself, you know, 800 miles or so away from her family. She has four kids. Her husband has left her, and then it's just like the hard scramble of, you know, I've got kids I need to feed and all that sort of stuff. And so all those things that we did going to church, kind of like being this normal kind of family just fell apart. And all of a sudden, you know, my mom's working three jobs, you know, seven days a week. And me and my brothers and sisters, we just kind of found ourselves um, alone. And, you know, we just raised ourselves in a lot of ways. And um, leaving teenage boys alone is never a good idea, um, because you will find ways to occupy your time. And, and uh, I did do all those things. I was a pretty rotten kid, um, and you'll have to believe me on that part. Um, but as time went on, obviously, we didn't go to church anymore from, like, 11 years old, and, and um, uh, I, I found myself as time went on, and I got farther and farther away from church and all those sorts of things. I started to question all of the things that I was kind of taught uh, going to church. And um, does anybody here know what, the word, what an atheist is? Who would say, hand. Does anybody here know an atheist? Like somebody, a family member. Um, what, what is an atheist? Just shout it out, somebody. Someone that doesn't believe in God, yeah, that's a, a a theist is a person that believes in God, and an atheist, an atheist is a person who doesn't. And um, that's where I found myself as a as a teenager. I had just kind of like jettisoned all those beliefs, all those things, and uh, I I said I don't believe in God anymore. Um, I was uh, a reasonably bright kid, and and I just I felt that um, religion in general was just something that people. Who were maybe more and i know this sounds horrible it sounds horrible i know this i listen listen to it sometimes but i thought religion was something that more kind of like people who were kind of weak-minded it was like they needed it it was like a crutch that they used to get through life and i was like i don't need that sort of stuff and so i was an atheist all the way um through my teenage years and um Fortunately, there, you know, and I, my, I won't get into too much about how it happened, but uh, God stepped in and he intervened and he dramatically introduced himself. And I, I knew without a doubt that there was a God, that God existed. And I no longer could hold on to that belief that God doesn't exist. And I became a Christian uh, when I was 19 years old and I've kind of never looked back. Um, but so there was quite a few in here that said the, who knows what an atheist is, have you ever thought to ask an atheist, um, why? Why is it that you are an atheist? That's, I mean, and it's kind of like a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question to ask anybody who believes anything. Why do you believe such and such? You know, And um, so if you, if you, like say you had a brother or a sister or say a friend in school and this person is an atheist, it would be kind of legitimate for you to say, hey, why? Why do you believe that? Why are you an atheist? And so... If you did, what kinds of answers do you think that you would get from a person who um, says that they're an atheist? Um, And when I say an answer, an answer that might be compelling enough for you to adopt their view, say, well, now I want to be an atheist too. Uh, I've listened to your explanation, I've listened to the reason why you're an atheist, and it's it's intriguing. I, I think I'm going to become an atheist too, and so what, what I want to do to start off off is I want to maybe hypothetically for us to go through some of those questions that we might uh, that it, uh, uh, are the answers that an atheist might give if you said, "Hey, why are you an atheist?" and let's go through some of maybe the answers that they would give all right and there's going to be some times when I'm going to ask some questions, and I legitimately it's, they're not rhetorical, I do want answers from them, so just feel free to shout out the answer if you think you know what it is so. So you go up to your atheist friend, right, and you say, "Hey, uh, you know I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I know that you don't. Tell me why. What? Why? Why don't you believe in God? Why don't I do? Why don't you?" And what if they said, "Well, you know, the reason that I'm an atheist is I read this really good book, and I read it, and it just it seemed right and it seemed true to me, and it convinced me that atheism is true, and that's why I'm an atheist." Now we go back to the question, is, is that a good reason for you asking this question to become an atheist? Think? No. I mean, it may be a good reason for that person, right? He, the, you know, and it, and it may be, well, gosh, tell me what this book is. I might need to read it. And after I read it, I might decide, yeah, this is a really good book, and now I do want to become an atheist. But the fact that he read a good book and that convinced him to be an atheist, that's not a good reason for you to become an atheist. But what if... Uh, What if the atheist says, well, you know, uh, both my mom and my dad, they're atheists, and I was just kind of brought up in an atheist home, and I've never really thought about it, just it's all I've ever known, and so I'm an atheist, and that's just kind of like how things are. Um, Would that be enough reason to convince you to become an atheist because they were brought up in an atheist home? No, not really. I mean, maybe that's why, it's not even a good reason for them to be an atheist, but um, here's another one. It's like uh, you know, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me why I'm an atheist, and just as I think about it, I, I really don't know. I just, I just believe it. I just believe that atheism is true. I just, I just believe. I have faith that atheism is true. Um, you know, I was, I was going through some really tough times in my life, and I thought about atheism and the things that it presented, and it just seemed to resonate with me, and it just seemed true to me, and so that's why I became an atheist. And um, so we go back to the same question that we've been kind of asking. Is that a good reason for you to become an atheist? No, not really. I mean, again, it's it's maybe a decent reason for them, but it's not a good reason for you. Now, here's a question. Do any of these questions and these answers that I'm asking, do they sound familiar to you at all? Where where have we heard these kinds of questions and answers before? Anybody? christians right i mean th- these are all when people ask us hey why are you, you know why are you christian well it's like uh i read the bible and it just seemed true to me and so I, that's why i'm an atheist or i don't know i just i've always went to church my whole life i went to my church and that's why i'm a christian um and like i said all of these may be good reasons for for you, for a person to be a good christian but ultimately we want to have an influence right on our friends on our family because I have people in my family that are atheists that don 't believe in God. Um, we want to have an effect on them to to help them to understand what it is that we believe and so all these same kind of answers that we that an atheist gives and we say well that's just that 's just not a very good reason at all. if we 're giving those same kinds of answers we 're not really doing any good at all if it 's not compelling for us to become an atheist. None of those answers are going to be compelling for any of our friends, for any of our family members to think about, yeah, I want to become a Christian because my friend, you know, read this book or because my friend was, went to church their whole life. Um, so what we're going to talk about is some of the ways that maybe we should or that we could answer these questions in a way that maybe um, makes a little bit of a difference. Um, Sometimes, um, well, I mean, I'm just going to kind of skip over that part because um, there's a. Um, sometimes we give an answer, and this is maybe another one. Has everyone, anyone ever heard, it's like, well, why are you, why are you um, a Christian? I was like, well, I just have faith. I have faith, you know. Um, and I think that, that that's a word that's kind of misunderstood. Um, and I think that we as Christians, we haven't spent enough time thinking about actually what that word means. Um what would somebody what would what would you guys say if I said, Hey, define faith for me? What would be an answer that maybe someone would give? Belief in something you haven't seen. Belief in something you haven't seen, very good. Anything else? Any, any other definitions? Anything? There's a there's an atheist, his name is um Sam Harris, and he's he's kind of a famous atheist. He's written a lot of books, kinda trying to uh to disprove Christianity, to prove that um, religion of all kinds is wrong and he um, he defines faith as this he says faith in one of his books he says faith is generally nothing more than the permission that religious people give to one another to believe things strongly without any evidence and I'll, I'll read that again the permission that religious people give to one another to believe things strongly without evidence um I love that game that you guys are playing, and there, for a couple reasons why. Uh, I was nervous about it because I was like, ah, "Boy, I don't know if this is going to connect with anybody." But I realized you guys are really sharp kids, and I was like, "Well, this is going to be okay." Um, does anybody like Christmas movies at all? Yeah, awesome. Anybody ever seen um, uh, what is it, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street? There's a, there's a, there's a, especially, and it's in the old, the original one, when uh, the mom was trying to explain to the. ...to the little girl um, why she should believe in Santa Claus... ...and, and, and, and uh, she said, well, you just need to have faith. And the little girl goes, what do you mean I need to have faith? And she says, uh, faith is believing something... ...when you don't have good reasons to believe it's true. And so she was trying to convince her that Santa Claus... You, know, ...you need to believe in Santa Claus. And why? Because you need to believe in something... ...that you don't have a good reason to believe that it's true. So the question I have is this. That is the, the view that people have of faith... If they're not a Christian, right? And there's some, sometimes when we talk about faith, say to like a non-believer, or you read about it like in a newspaper or in an article or something. They say, well, this, this person, they made a, a leap of faith, right? means kind of like they just walked up to the edge of the cliff. They closed their eyes and they just jumped off without any good reason at all. Or, or it's blind faith, right? They, they just don't, they don't have any reasons at all. They, they just close their eyes and they just walk. And, and they call that blind faith. The question I have is, is, is that what biblical faith is? And this is a rhetorical question. The answer is no, that's not what, what biblical faith is at all. Biblical faith um, is trusting in what you have good reasons to believe are true. And that's what we, when I say that I have faith in Jesus, when I say I have faith that God exists, I have good reasons to believe that my, uh, that my uh, good reasons to trust that my beliefs are true. Um, so if, if none of those reasons are that we, you know, we ask those questions and if none of those reasons are very good to believe that we should become an atheist. And we also say, well, they're not very good for us to, uh, to give as a Christian. So then we have this big question that's out there, right? Uh, why are we Christians? I'm a Christian. I believe probably most of you in this room are Christians. And so we now have the, and and we've just kind of like lost a lot of these answers that we would normally give to somebody. So now now it's like, well, okay, how do we answer that question? Why are you a Christian? Why am I a Christian? And the answer um, is probably going to be so simple that you um, might have trouble with it at first. But the reason that I'm a Christian, the reason that you are a Christian or the reason that you should be a Christian is because Christianity is true. That's the why, that's the reason. I'm a Christian because Christianity was true. Now, there was a time when I didn't believe that it was true. I was an atheist. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in Jesus. I thought the whole thing was made up. But there were some things that convinced me that Christianity was true. Um So we, all of us, uh, should be Christians because it's true. Um, And the flip side of that is if Christianity was not true, none of us should be a Christian. And I know that kind of sounds a little bit strange, but, you know, even the Apostle Paul says that in in 1 Corinthians. He says, you know, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if that actually really did not happen then we, believers, are people most to be pitied because we believe something stupid, basically. Now, that's, that's just my kind of paraphrase of what he said. But the the important thing for him, what he was getting at, is if this really, really didn't happen, then we're stupid for believing it. And that's kind of a point that I'm saying, too. If Christianity is not true, we should not be Christians. We should just be doing other things. Um, but if Christianity is true and we have good reasons to think that it is, then I want to follow Jesus. I want you to follow Jesus. I want all of us to you know because it's true. Um, I'm not alone in that view uh, jesus in in the Gospel of John he says uh, he says, "This is eternal life that you may know that only true God and then he also says in John fourteen six and some of you guys may even know this. He says, I am the way, the the truth, the life. Uh, so even Jesus, and, and, and I'm not saying that just because Jesus said it, it's true. But uh, all, the point, I do believe that it's true. But the, what I'm trying to get at is even Jesus believed that Christianity was true. He believed that there was only one way to the Father. It was through him. He believed that uh, there was only one God. Um. Uh, uh, Peter in uh, the book of Acts in chapter 4 he said there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved he said Peter was saying guess what there's only one way that you can get to heaven there's not a bunch there's just one and it's through Jesus so all of these these three passages all I'm trying to do is demonstrate to you that even the people in the Bible in the Bible believed that Christianity was true but they also believed you can believe wrongly about this stuff um there's a bumper sticker that sometimes you'll see. I, th- I think they're well-meaning Christians, um, and, and maybe some of you guys have seen. It. I'm not a big bumper sticker fan personally. I don't ever put on my car mainly because I'm, I'm afraid for people to know what it is that I believe. Because I'm afraid, like a Christian bumper sticker, because I'm afraid someday I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to, like say, have this bump Christian bumper sticker on my car, and I'm going to cut somebody off, or I'm going to, you know some sort of obscene hand gesture and then give God a big old black eye. So it's like I figure it's safer if I don't let people know what it is I believe, but I probably shouldn't say that, but that's the truth. But anyways, have you, anybody ever seen this bumper sticker? It says God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Anybody ever seen that or heard that? You can kind of get the sentiment that people say, well, I just God said it's in the book. I believe it then, and so there's no other there's no other thing that needs to to be said. What happens if you don't believe that the Bible is? You know, what? What if again we go back to what if your atheist friend is asking you, "Hey, why are you a Christian?" And you say, "Well, God said it; I believe it." That settles it. I, have you done anything to to maybe make them think? Well, gosh, I need to try this Christianity out. N- not at all. Now, don't get me wrong on this point. I believe that the Bible is God's word. I do believe it, and it does settle it does settle it for me in my heart. But it does nothing for a person who, who doesn't even believe that the Bible is true. They're like, okay, well, good for you. It did, but, but we want to, go, to do more and to go beyond what just – we want to have influence on our friends. We want to have influence on the people that are around us. Atheists maybe, maybe you have a brother or a sister. Or maybe you even have parents that don't believe that the Bible is true. And so you to go up and say, well, I be- the Bible said it. I believe it. That settles it. It doesn't take you very far, even if it is a true statement. Um, so the message from Christianity, from Jesus 2,000 years ago all the way forward, the message that's been delivered to us is that Christianity is true. Now, uh, we live in kind of a funky time, and it's a time when there are more than one way that things can be true. Um, and I'm going to kind of maybe demonstrate this to you a little bit. Who likes ice cream? Okay. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Chocolate chip cookie dough. dough. Who's got some? What's your favorite? Superman. Superman. What is that? It's a color. color. Okay. Now here, I I have a question. Chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Mm -hmm. You're saying that's your favorite? Is that true? It is true. And you're saying Superman, that's your favorite flavor? Is that true? Okay. But if it's true, how can you guys have different flavors? You know, it's like... So that is demonstrating to you what type of truth. It's called subjective truth. It's just like chocolate chip cookie dough is true for you. Superman is true for you. Uh, I know you may think this is weird, but I think my favorite lately is pistachio. It's awesome. Um, you guys might be going gross, but it, you need to try it. It's very, very good. Now the question, is: is, is that true that pistachio ice cream is my favorite flavor of ice cream? Yeah, it is, and that, and and I am right when I say that that's true, um, but there's another type of truth. It's called objective truth. So the the one is subjective truth, the other one, the second one is objective truth. What do I mean when I say something is true objectively? Um, who here uh, likes to swim? And and who here likes to dive off a diving board? Have you ever? Dove off a diving board and wondered, I wonder if I'm going to go down. Is it, is it like, did it ever enter into your mind that maybe you're just going to keep going up? It would be awesome, wouldn't it? But it never enters into our mind. Why is that? Why, why do we have the confidence to know that I'm going to jump and bounce off this diving board, but I am going to go back and land in the water? Why do we have that confidence? It's always what happens, but wh- why does it always happen? Gravity. gravity, right? And we we actually we have a name for it, it's the law of gravity, right? We call it a law because it always happens, and so we can have pretty pretty good confidence. You jump off that diving board, you're gonna you're not gonna just keep on going through up to the moon. You're gonna go back into the water. So when you say I jump off a diving board and I land in the water, we can say that that's a true statement, right? Because the law of gravity is right there, and it's true. Now, what if a person says? I don't believe that. Does it matter? Because where is he going to end up when he goes off the diving board? He's going to end up in the water. Because the law of gravity is one of those true things that's true, even if you don't believe that it's true. It's still true. You could walk up to an edge of a cliff, and just because you don't, you're like, you know what, today, I think the laws of gravity have been suspended, and I know if I step off the edge of this cliff, I'm not going to fall off. Well, guess what? Guess where you're probably going to end up? on the ground, at the bottom, because gravity, again, is one of those things. It doesn't matter whether you believe that it's true or it's not true. It's just true. Now, that type of truth, that's the second kind of truth that we're talking about. That's objective truth. It means it's true whether you believe it or not. Another place that we see that is like, let's say, in medicine. Say, like, you wake up one morning and you're really, really sick, and you go to the hospital... And uh, the doctor, you know, checks you out, and he comes out, and he's like, look, I've got really, really bad news for you. You have this incredibly rare disease, and it's fatal 100% of the time. But guess what? There's good news. They just developed this pill, and I've got one right here. And if you take this pill, you will be cured. And you look at that pill, and you look at it, and it's like it's kind of big, and it looks like it tastes nasty, and you go, you know what, doc? Thanks for that, but uh, I don't believe that that pill is the cure for me. I'm going to go home and just self-medicate myself with uh, Superman ice cream because I think that Superman ice cream is going to be the cure for this disease. Now, what's going to happen to her when she goes home and takes medicine of Superman ice cream when she's got this deadly disease? What's going to happen to her? She's going to die. But Because why? It's, it's, it, this is not a subjective kind of truth, is it? There's one cure for this disease, and it's to take that pill, and that's true whether she believes it or not, right? So all of these things I'm talking about is to demonstrate that there's two kinds of truth in this world. There's subjective truth and there's objective truth. And the question that we should be asking is when I say that Christianity is true, what kind of truth am I talking about? And we're going to answer that question in just a minute. I don't think I, I think I know the answer to this question, but has anybody in here ever seen my father? Show of hands, Anybody? Okay, I need some help with this one. I need um, I need at least two volunteers. Who wants to help out? Okay, I got one there, and I'll use you this time. Okay, describe for me what my father looks like. Let's just go for simple things. How tall is he? What color is his hair? And how much does he weigh? <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, you go. Okay, I'm I'm five foot nine. Okay, so you think my dad's five foot nine? What color is his hair? Do you think? Probably by now white. By white. Uh, how much do you think he weighs? You 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 can't but here that you can't be wrong. How's that? So whatever you say is is um. two hundred fifty pounds. So you think my dad is five foot nine? Has white hair and weighs 250 pounds. Okay, does anybody else want to try to describe what my dad looks like? Okay, you go. Uh, about five foot eight. Five uh, color white, white hair? About 138. About 138. Wow, so that's a big difference, right? So she's five foot nine, white hair, 250 pounds, and five foot eight, white hair, and a hundred. What did you say, 130? 135. So you guys both have beliefs, right, about what my dad looks like. You've, you've thought about it. And you have a belief about what my dad looks like. And I have a belief about what my dad looks like, right? So the question is, who is right? Are you right or are you right? Well, good. You guys are in luck because I happen to bring my dad along with me tonight. Dad, can you come on in here, please? He's not there. Um, what I was just doing is I just did an experiment on you guys, and guess what? You guys all passed. See, we can we can have beliefs, right? He has a belief about my dad. He says my dad's five foot eight. He's got white hair. He weighs one hundred and thirty five pounds. She says my dad is five foot nine, has white hair, and he's two hundred and fifty pounds. And so, how do you how do you find out if those beliefs are true or not? What's the, what's the test? The test that we just use is you compare it to what what my dad really looks like. Now the question is: Is it possible to know what my dad really looks like? It is. You guys, if you guys would not have turned around to look, if you thought if, if it was impossible for my dad to be there, so but by, by you guys looking, what you did is like I'm taking my belief, and I'm going to check it against reality, and I'm going to see if my belief is true. And you would have found out that no, my dad is not five foot eight; he's five foot seven. You both would have been right that his hair was white, but you both would have been wrong about his weight. He's about 165 pounds. But the point being, if it wasn't possible for you guys to, to take your beliefs and compare them to reality, you never would have even turned around to look. But you, because you, it, we do this all the time, and, they, and philosophers have a name for this. You know what the name for this is? It's called the correspondence test of reality. I know that's a big philosophical word. But basically what it is, is like when you have a belief, So we go back to the question, how do you know if something is true? The way that you know if something is true, if the thing that you believe matches up with reality, that thing is true. Uh, We use the correspondence test of reality for gravity. When we go off of a diving board, we believe that we're going to go back in. And so we've just tested. Our our belief lines up with reality because we end up in the pool. And so we've used the correspondence test of truth to prove that gravity really works. If my dad came in, you guys would have turned around and said, okay, now I've, just, my, I've taken my belief, I've corresponded it with what's real, I looked at him, and I've, now my beliefs line up with reality. And we do this all the time. We, don't even, we just don't realize that we use the correspondence test of truth all the time. So um, some types of beliefs are subjective, ice cream. Some types of beliefs are objective, like medicine or like the law of gravity. And the question is, is our, is our belief in Christianity, what type of belief is it? Is it subjective or is it objective? And the answer to the question is, it's an objective belief. It's not a subjective belief. And so what does that now mean? If, if we're saying it's, if it's objective, that there are some things that we can do. Our belief in Christianity should line up with reality, Right? It, it should be there should be the correspondence test of truth we should be able to look at it and say well you know we say that god believes is there that god exists is there a, is there a way that we can test and see if god um exists um now earlier i said we believe we live in some interesting times so how am i doing on time dan okay um are we okay I know you guys are smarter than I thought, and I, I was really kind of worried, but you guys are doing really, really good. Um, so w- w- we have beliefs, and we always want to compare them to reality. And, um, and if a thing cor- it lines up with the way things really are, we can say that belief is true. And um, why is this important? Well, are there people out there that have different beliefs in God? Yeah. Does anybody know one that you want to just say? Yeah, that some. What do, What do Hindus believe about God? Anybody know? Hmm? B- Buddha. That's that would be one. Uh, that would be example. What about Muslims? Allah. Um, there, there's there's all kinds of different beliefs about God. In uh, the the question is is are, are the are all can can all of those beliefs be true? Like flavors of ice cream. No, Here, here's here's one here's an illustration that it makes it really kind of simple to me. Um, Jewish people, right? Did did they believe that Jesus was the Messiah when he came? No, and they didn't. They thought that he was a, a liar, and and so they actually crucified him because he actually claimed to be the Messiah. Do Christians believe that Jesus is the Messiah? Yeah. Okay, so now we have a problem, don't we? Because Jews say Jesus was was not the Messiah. Christians say Jesus was the Messiah. And it's impossible for both of them to be right. It's impossible for the, for, for, their, for subjective truth to be in there. One of them has to be wrong. And so the, we, we use these different tests that we have. And this is where Christian apologetics come in because it allows you to figure out, well, which one is is right? Are the Jews right? Was Jesus not the Messiah, or are Christians right? Was Jesus the Messiah? Um, now, we live in – has has everybody has anybody ever heard this saying – I don't know what the subject but we, but that we be talking about, but they will say, oh, well, that's nice. That's true for you. Has anybody ever heard somebody say something like that? Like if you say, well, you know, you sh- you've heard it before. You say, well, you know, hey, I'm a Christian. I think that you should – and they say, well, you know, you shouldn't push your beliefs on other people you know, you have your beliefs, I have my beliefs, and you shouldn't kind of force them on. What's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. And we should kind of allow these things to be separate. And that's kind of a a a, a, a thought system that's kind of creeping into our world. And that thought system is called relativism, which means things can be... You can think something's true. You could think the exact opposite thing is true, and it's okay. Both of you guys just believe these, in cra- these crazy thoughts. Now... The claim that I'm making is that Christianity is not subjectively true, that it's objectively true. Um, so if you were to tell somebody, hey, I think you should be a Christian, and they say, why should I be a Christian? And you say, well, because Christianity is true. Does that, like, settle the matter? Are they going to, like, oh, okay, well, thanks, I'm a Christian now because you said it, it's true. That that doesn't get us anywhere. What, what would be, a, like, a legitimate question that they could ask of us? Okay, you say Christianity is true. What what just kind of naturally comes up? Why? Why is why do you say that it's true? How do you know that's that it's true? That's a, like a legitimate question and it's legitimate for us to ask that of our atheist friends. It's also legitimate for them to ask ask it of us. And so the, they say, "Um, how do you know what makes you think that it's true?" Um, and the the, the answer again is really really simple. Because we have good reasons to think that it's true. Um, we have evidence that points to the fact that Christianity is true. Remember I talked a little bit about Paul. When he's talking about Jesus and how Jesus was crucified and he rose from the dead. And he says, he says, you know what guys? If this did not happen, we're, we, we shouldn't believe in this. We shouldn't be Christians. Do you guys know that there is really, really good evidence, really, really good facts that, sh- that prove that Jesus actually lived, that he was crucified, that he rose from the grave. That, and these aren't like things, well, I just believe it, and you can believe whatever you know. That those are actual facts of history, and that you can believe those things. So when I, when I talk about you know Christianity is true, I'm saying that there is evidence that's out there that you can then rest and say, it's true, and it's objectively true, Jesus rose from the grave, even if you don't believe it, remember, like even if you don't believe in the law of gravity, it's still true. I'm the, the what I'm saying is Christianity is true, even if you don't believe it's true. Even if your atheist friend says I don't believe in God, that God exists, it doesn't matter. Um, and Christianity has so much evidence in all these different things. There's. There's scientific evidence that, pro- that, that points you to the direction that, that Christianity is true. There's philosophical evidence that points you to the fact that Christianity is true. There's logical evidence that points to the fact that Christianity is true. There's historical evidence that points to the fact that Christianity is true. All of these things take you to, to a point um, where Peter, uh, in, in Peter's uh, first book, 1 Peter chapter 315, he says this thing. He says, always be ready to make a defense for the hope that you have in Christ Jesus, but do it with gentleness and reverence so that you can always be able to answer a person who wants to know why, what's, what's this hope that you have. And I don't know if you guys have ever bumped into that verse, but we as Christians, we're always and, and you have to listen to exactly what he says. Always be ready to give a reason for why you believe what you believe. Um, now. When you read that text in the in the in the original Greek language, it would read "always be be ready to make an apologio," is the is the Greek word. Now we take that word apologio and we translate it into English, and we say "always make a defense." But they take that word apologio or apologio and they they say apologetics, and that's where that word Christian apologetics come from. A Christian apologetics is the study. Of the defense of Christianity, and the first thing that you know th- that I want you guys to know is there is facts that that point to the truthfulness of, the, of, of, of Christianity. I would not be a Christian if it was not true i wasn 't a Christian, I was an atheist, and I was kind of a, an outspoken kind of a jerk of an atheist to, to be honest with you, but I became convinced that Christianity was true, and that 's why Christianity is true. Um, and as a Christian, we are all supposed to be. You go to your friend, hey, you know, uh, why don't you come to youth group? Oh, why? Because, you know, or why don't you be able to become a Christian? Why? Because it's true. And if your if your friend says, Well, why is it true? We need to be in a place where we can say, Hey, uh, this is why. I ha- these are my reasons that I ha- that I have that that um Christianity is true. So I want to wrap up with saying a couple of things. There needs to be four Key questions that you can answer in your life, uh, in order to be able to make this defense that Peter calls us to to to, um, to do. But here's the here's the main thing that I want you to know. Christian apologetics, while it's good and it's great to maybe help convince your friends that Christianity is true, there's a ne- there's a more important reason why Christian apologetics should be the in the uh, have a place in every Christian's life. More than convincing your skeptical friends or the atheists that you know, the time will come in your life when you will have your doubts. And you will begin to wonder, is this, is this all true? The time will come when you go out on your own and the, the influence of your parents isn't there anymore. And, and you're like, you know what? It's Sunday morning. I don't have to go to church anymore. There's nobody here to make me go to church anymore. And then you start to wonder, well, why have I been going to church all my life? My parents have been making me all this time. Now they're not there to make me. Do I want to? Uh, or you go off to college, let's say, and you bump into, say, a, a professor in one of your classes that says, I can't believe it. You're a Christian. You believe in this stuff? And they start to, and, and, and it's like, all right, smart guy, tell me, why are you a Christian? And all of a sudden you're like, uh, I don't know. I don't know why I am a Christian. So, more than studying apologetics to convince your friends, and to help other people understand. The the the, the place where apologetics has had a a, pl- a a strong place in my life is because it's answered the doubts that have been in my heart. And I'm going to be honest with you, we all have doubts. We all do. I, I wake up sometimes in the moonlight, and I wonder, it's like, have I got this all wrong? But then I think about all these things, and I'm like, no, there's not a chance that I've got this wrong. I, I know that I've got this right. And all of a sudden, those doubts... Uh, just kind of vanish and go away and I can get up on, on on Sunday morning and I can go to church and and I know wow I'm really going to worship with other people that we all believe the same God and it's not like I'm just I'm wishing that it's true I know that it's true and when the hard times come in our lives and they always come it's just a matter it's just a matter of life and you start to wonder it's just like man is this just all worth of it worth it if you are convinced you are convinced that it's true you will never, ever let it go. Because it's like asking you to let go of reality. You would never let go of reality because you you bump into hard times and you're going through a struggle. But if you are convinced that Christianity is true, you will never let it go. And even though those hard times come. I, I'm wearing this this shirt, and I didn't really kind of mean to put this all together, but um, this is an Arabic symbol for N. And um, over in Syria, over in Iraq, and over places like that, um, obviously, we watch the news. ISIS and all that stuff is going on, and there's a lot of Christians over there. And so, when ISIS they find out that you're a Christian, they will go and they will paint this symbol above uh, on the by your door, and it's it's the it's the Arabic symbol for N. And what it's telling them is the, who are the people that live in this house? They follow the Nazarene, which is another way of saying that these people are Christians. Now. You have ISIS outside your door and you got this painted up there and you know they're going to drag you outside and they're going to say, hey, are you a Christian? If you aren't convinced that you believe that that's true, what's going to happen? You're going you're to say, nope, nope, nope. Tell me all about Allah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm all ears. But if you're convinced that it's true, it doesn't matter what happens to you. There's no way in the world that you're going to let it go because it is true. Um, so let me real quickly go through these four key questions. And here's my task to you you need to be able to answer these four questions by the time you graduate from high school. Okay? Four questions. The first question is, does truth exist and can you know it? Okay? Question number one. Uh, Question number two, what is the truth about God? Is it even possible to know if God exists? Okay? Question one, does truth exist? Is it possible to know any truthing about God? Question number three Has God acted in history at all? Uh, Some people believe in God, but they think he's this far off in distance and he kind of started the world, spun it up like a top and he just stepped back and he's just watching. We believe that as Christians, we believe God has acted in history, right? We believe what he sent his son that 's an act of history. We believe that in miracles that He gave Jesus the power to rise from the dead. we believe that he indwells us at belief. So the question is do we, is it possible to know if God has ever acted in history and does or, or is he far off in distance and then the fourth question, if God exists and God has acted, is it possible for God to speak and to communicate to us Now we have believe as Christians, we believe yes he has, and that 's why we we have our belief but see we have I have reasons. If someone were to come up to me and say, "You believe in God? What's your reasons?" I have reasons to say I believe in God. This, 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 and this. And they say, "Well, you believe that you believe in miracles? You believe that Jesus rose from the dead? I do, and I have reasons. Blah, 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 and I can go down those lists. Uh, they say, that if someone says, um, you know, uh, you believe that the Bible is really God's word, and then I'm supposed to base my life on." Huh? I do believe that, and I have reasons. And so we go back to what Peter said, right? Always have a reason for the hope that is within you. And that's part of what it means to be a Christian. And that's part of, like I said, you guys need to know these things. I challenge you guys to know these things, not to convince anybody else, but because the day will come when those doubts will, will creep. The, d- the day will come when you're like, uh, I've always just read this Bible because my parents have told me to. Now I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe all this stuff. And that's why you need to answer these questions. Now, I'm going to recommend a book to you guys. And then I'm going to kind of be done. And you can say hallelujah. Uh, Sure. Does truth exist and is it knowable? Question one. What's the truth about God? Is it possible to even know? Has God acted in history? And if God exists and has acted in history. Can God speak? Now there's a, there's a book that a, a guy by the name of Norm Geisler wrote. And he takes those four questions. Um, Norm Geisler is an apologist. I don't know if you guys know this. You can actually go to Christian university and you can get advanced degrees in Christian apologetics. You could get an advanced degree in in, uh, historical evidences for Christianity. You can get an advanced degree. So all this stuff, if you're ever wondering what to do with your life, it's a great great field to study if you're ever looking. But he's taken these four questions, and he's broken them down into 12 things. And the name of that book is, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Because he looks at these, these questions, he breaks them down, and he answers them in such a way that he says, it takes more faith to believe, to believe in atheism than it does to believe in God. And so that would be another thing. If you if you want to try to answer those questions, I would strongly encourage you guys, before you graduate from high school, get that book and read it. Because there's a time when you're going to go. You're going to be uh, out from the shelter of your home. And your parents aren't going to be able to make you go to church anymore. And you're going to be have friends that you know, kind of question, hey, why don't you kind of do the things that we do? We're going out to party. We're going to do all this sort of stuff. And you're like, well, I'm a Christian. I don't do those sorts of things. And you're going to get ridiculed and you're going to feel like you don't fit in and all those sorts of things. And when all those things happen, it presses in on you and you're like, why do I believe all this stuff? And that's how having the answers to those questions, when those doubts and things come, you can stand. And and not only can you stand, you can thrive. So um, with that, I am done. And I really am grateful that you guys let me come. And I, like I said, I hope if it made any difference to any of you guys, that's my, that's my hope. Um, one last thing. There is not a question or a doubt that you could ever have that in the 2,000 years of Christianity that somebody else hasn't already, hasn't had. And there's not a question that you have, that you need, that you... You know, and and there's a bajillion. Well, what about dinosaurs? You know, what about, you know, is the story of Jonah, is that really real? You know, all these different things. You know that there are good answers to all those questions. Never be afraid to ask them. But also know, even if you don't necessarily at that moment get a great answer, know that there are great answers. I've never, there's never been a question that I've ever had that didn't more and more and more convince me that following Jesus is the right thing to do and the right way to be living my life. So... It took me a long, I learned that late in life. I'm hoping you guys can learn that early in your life so that then you can make a greater difference for the kingdom of God. So, thank um. you.